0: This podcast is sponsored by the British Council. Whether it's improving communication skills, preparing for an increasingly globalised workplace, or simply staying connected with friends from around the world, language learning is more important than ever. From resources like the Great Languages Challenge to their Language Assistance Programme, where speakers from 14 different countries can help students develop their linguistic and cross-cultural skills, the British Council is here to help you bring languages to life in the classroom. Discover more at www.britishcouncil.org forward slash school resources
1: forward slash languages. Hello, and welcome to the TES podcast. I'm senior editor, Simon Locke, and today I'll be asking how schools can recapture the imagination of learners when it comes to modern foreign languages. When you think of studying a language, what springs to mind? Perhaps the idea of testing out those newfound linguistic skills somewhere further afield We're experiencing a culture in a way that was previously inaccessible. For many, it's a subject that's brimming with possibilities and excitement. But in the UK, the number of students choosing to study these subjects is on the decline. With some schools forced to drop language lessons during the pandemic, this has presented another bump in the road for departments. So how can teachers help inspire students when it comes to language learning? Is it possible that these subjects could offer learners another source of cultural capital? something often cited alongside plans to close attainment gaps and level up. If so, is there room in an already busy modern foreign languages curriculum to properly allow students to get a flavor of these countries? To find out, first I spoke to Paul Bergen, subject leader for languages at King's Langley School in Hertfordshire, about why he still thinks languages have the power to capture students' imaginations. Hi, Paul. Welcome to the Tes Podcast. Thanks for joining me today. Um, I'll dive straight in if that's all right. Um, t- yep. Tell me what is it you love about languages in particular? Um,
0: well, what I love about languages is is everything really, um, because essentially you can do anything that you do in English, but you can do it in Spanish, French, German, Italian, or whichever other language it is that you're that you're interested in, and. Um, and I think to a certain extent, being uh, being interested in modern foreign languages means that you're interested in people. And so, you know, people get excited about meeting new people. Um, and I, I think that the the ability to meet and converse with people in, in a second language is, is always very exciting. Um it doesn't necessarily mean to say that you're going to always like the people that you meet, but I think it's just it's good fun to to push yourself and to put yourself out there and to to um to get to know new people all the time. that's that's something that I've always enjoyed.
1: Can you remember what it was that particularly appealed to you um as a as a student or as a pupil about languages? why you chose this sort of path, if you like? Um, yeah, I mean,
0: uh, essentially, I had a a couple, maybe three really excellent Spanish teachers at school Um, and so I grew up in South Yorkshire Uh, I went to a comprehensive school in Rotherham um, and I had uh, over the course of my uh, secondary education three amazing Spanish teachers and and um, the uh, Miss Morton was the the head of languages and she kind of I think she was sort of sending us on days to have a look at universities and other sort of extracurricular trips before we even realised what was going on. And, and uh, you know, I, t- I definitely took part in the Spanish exchange when I was at school. And in fact, the one of the students who was on the Spanish exchange, who was a couple of years younger than me, when I then went to do my year abroad for my university, uh, the, there was a, the, the same boy was the, the son of the head of department at the school that I ended up working at. Which was a complete coincidence, wow. but um, but yeah. So so I had quite a strong grounding in in Spanish right from a very sort of early age, sort of secondary school age, and then um, I also did French at GCSE, but didn't continue it to A level. Um, but I was I was definitely interested in languages as a teenager, and then um, after finishing my GCSEs and A levels. I went to university in Hull, uh, which had a very strong languages department, and I liked that the university there had a um, had a sort of campus and and sort of a, a almost like a school mentality about it. So and and the it was very very well stocked with um, authentic materials. You could go into language labs and watch Spanish television or any foreign language television um, and listen to music. Do exercises you know grammar exercises um so that was that was great um and then I did my year abroad in Pamplona uh, in the north of Spain so that was again you know to have done the exchange when I was in my late teens mid to late teens and then to have the opportunity to go back and see um see all the places that we'd studied and and visit in a bit more depth and spend some time there uh, was was really great and sort of cemented my love for the for the country really
1: and what do you think um as well as the sort of nuts and bolts of a language of the the vocabulary and the grammar Mm -hmm. what do you think studying a subject like french or spanish gives the students in terms of their sort of their arsenal, I guess, above and beyond the the linguistics?
0: I think it gives them the opportunity to travel, to see the world and to to understand different cultures. Um, And I think it gives them fantastic job opportunities. So, um, for example, at the start of the year, we had a talk from uh, a lady from GCHQ who was talking about how we need to produce more linguists in this country to help fund, not fund, staff our intelligence agencies, Um, but also from the travel industry as well. We had a talk from from a lady who uh, runs a local business, but her business is uh, marketing for uh, one of the major Spanish hotel chains. And so to see our students have those talks from those members of the public, you know, from those, professionals and then um and, and and make them see that there is some there is some there is a point to it you know that the the classroom is just the first step towards having a whole lifestyle that could be involving you know continental travel meeting new people working with people from different places around the world um and and it's it's just, it's just a fantastic opportunity that i think too many people too readily uh shut down because they just see words that they're not used to seeing and 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 vocabulary that they're not used to hearing and they don't they need to give it more of a second chance to to make sure that they can you know to give themselves the opportunity to be able to do it
1: absolutely yeah i i think that was always what appealed to me about languages when i was when i was younger but unfortunately i got let down by the uh yeah, the, the technical skills. I love the idea of travel, but the uh, sort of verb endings undid me, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so you talked about the cultural elements there, about being able to go and watch Spanish TV and listen listen to music. Is it difficult to balance a curriculum with those sort of elements, but also getting students the vocab and everything else that they need to pass exams to get themselves to a, to a good level of... A language is it? Is that difficult a balance to strike? Yes and no. I think that
0: you know, there's there's no doubt about it. Uh, an MFL curriculum is is packed. You know, there's a lot in there, but the the extra bits that you can give, the the sort of the interest in music and or fashion or, or whatever it is, that that comes from you as the teacher. And those things are in the curricula around around the country at different schools. They're in the textbooks that we teach from. It's down to the skill of the teacher to harness that and to promote that. You should never be offline in terms of uh, helping your students to, to see that there's a whole world out there speaking in Spanish, French, German, Italian or, or whatever. Because the more you do that, the more that they gain access to it.
1: What are some of the ways that you bring those languages to life in the classroom?
0: um well for example we're going to do a a a spanish restaurant idea towards the end of the the academic year we're going to try and get our well we we run an mfl club first and foremost and we're going to get the students that regularly attend the club to set up a restaurant in our school canteen and in our cookery classrooms and then uh, basically the idea is that they uh, the, the students from the rest of the school can buy tickets to attend our school restaurant, and the menus will be in foreign language. The waiters will be the the students that attend MFL club, and they will take all the orders in Spanish, French, German, Italian, and then take take the orders to the the kitchen. We'll have uh, members of staff and or students um, preparing preparing food in there. And uh, you know you can keep it simple. You know, pizza and and crepe are, are going to be uh, the, the mainstays of that restaurant idea. Using that to to promote an idea that everybody will speak in a foreign language to interact on on the day is something I'm very excited about. We use our we use our language assistant Cassie as well. So just last week, Cassie brought in uh, a big pile of crepe uh, to to uh, enthuse the children to see what what that would look like a couple of weeks ago she brought in a galette de roi um you know she's homemade and, and and having a language assistant that's prepared to do that uh in order to show the students uh what it would look and taste like in in france is uh you know it's a major benefit of having of having a language assistant in school so wow. you've got
1: that for our less cultured listeners myself included what was that what was that she brought in uh, she brought in a galette de bois. which is
0: so it's like a um, an almond cake that's you they use it in France to celebrate Christmas and the new year and it has a, a little you sort of divide the cake up between all of the people who are at the at your party or or in this case, your your lunchtime club, and one of the slices of cake has got a, a little figurine in it called a fev, and uh, and um, you know the, the idea is that the student that finds the fev is is the one that will have or will have luck for that year, or uh, we'll wear a you know there's often like a paper crown, but it's you know that person is the is a celebrated person. Brilliant
1: food a theme that's coming through quite yeah story. yeah
0: also on, my, on our first um on my first year as a head of head of subject we have a, an open evening every year and this this was pre-covid but we we decided to turn two of the classrooms in the languages department into basically a, a cafe and then uh, as people were coming around to prospectively look at our school and and, and send their children to us for the following academic year we basically had tapas you know laid laid on on offer across the back of the classroom for people to come and try um so it was it was you know it's that you're saying to people right from the very beginning that it's not just the it's just not it's not just the nuts and bolts of learning grammar and vocabulary but also it's the things that go with it it's the food it's the music it's it's the culture of of the country or countries that you're trying to bring in to the classroom on a on a daily basis.
1: How else are you able to sort of um, just thinking about weaving in other themes and bringing the sort of yeah bringing the language to life? Um, I think is there a sort of diversity and inclusion kind of element? Are you able to weave in sort of current themes and topics around those sorts of things? I, I mean just sick of talking about it but things like Brexit is that something you weave into a language curriculum
0: it's it's something that you particularly with Brexit you have to you have to point out what Brexit um might lead to and for us actually that's more opportunity at some point the French and the Germans I think are going to look at each other and say why are we communicating with each other in English? The English are no longer part of the negotiation here. And so to get involved in, in, in trade and and things like that with Europe further down the line, you're going to need people that can, can speak those languages to get, you know, to, to sort of um, sell whatever it is that we're making in this country that, that we would like people to buy from us. And also, The whole idea of Brexit was that we'd potentially do less trade with Europe, but more trade with the rest of the world. Well, you know, there's there's uh, quite a lot of South America that speaks Spanish that that you know might want to buy things that we make. Um, And I think that's again, if you're selling to people, you need to you need to know that what you're selling is going to be better than. What they can get elsewhere, you need to be the market leader in terms of quality, or you need to be the market leader in terms of price. And so, um, when it comes to potential markets to sell to, surely South America is is one that we should be looking at.
1: And in this sort of discussion, how important is it for students to be like directly exposed to foreign language speakers and and that sort of thing? Is it? is it key for them to be immersed in the language and the culture and visit these places does that does that all play into it
0: yes absolutely um when i when i came here uh, to this particular school that they'd not done a trip for two or three years there was no history of having language assistance um and i felt like essentially we we were starting from scratch um so I, I said we we must have we must have language assistance we must we must make sure that we get a trip off the ground obviously this was pre covid but we did go to france the year before covid um and i think that having as much exposure uh, as possible is is only beneficial to the children so in these in these sort of uh, during Covid times and as we're coming out of Covid now having a language assistant is that first touchstone for uh, showing your students okay there is a world out there and this person represents that world they come from France or they come from Spain and this is your opportunity to communicate with them but what I think we've, we've tried to do slightly differently here to uh, other schools is that we've really tried to put the language assistants in front of students that uh, some schools I think would would try and shy them away from. So we have put the language assistant with our, um, our more challenging groups so that they have the opportunity to practice their French, Spanish with, with the language assistant. We have, we have targeted um, giving time to our GCSE students who are pupil premium or uh, have special educational needs, we've we've, we've said to them, right, you will get uh, a a good amount of time working with the language assistant. So there's a two pronged thing here. There is the the, uh, trying to encourage students to take the subject at GCSE by giving them more exposure to a native speaker when they're in key stage three. And then once they've moved through to key stage four to the GCSE years that they have that specific time with the language assistant to, to really boost their skills and to give them the confidence. Because the other um, knock-on effect of, of COVID has been that that couple of lockdowns where those opportunities to interact with a native speaker have been decimated. So it's, it's really important that we, we, um, we try and give them as much of a leg up as, poss- as possible.
1: Next, I met Kerry Bosley, Director of Learning and Achievement for Languages at Cracowl School in Wales, to find out how her department are working hard to raise the profile of languages across the whole school. Hi Kerry, thanks for joining me on the podcast this afternoon.
2: Hi there Simon.
1: I hear it's a lovely sunny day where you are in Brecon.
2: It is, it's absolutely lovely today, nice blue skies, Uh, a little bit chilly but not complaining because the sun is shining.
1: Good, good, no complaints here either. Um, I'll I'll dive straight in then if that's all right. And um, we're talking today about the modern languages and how schools can sort of breathe um, breathe life into them and, and really capture students' imagination. So what does studying a language offer students do you think beyond just the qualification?
2: Well, I think that language learning is first and foremost, it's almost like an act of generosity, because just the process of opening your mind to new cultures and ways of life. I mean, to us in the faculty here at Cracowell, we just feel it's more like a voyage of discovery, really, into the target language countries. Um, It's so much more than qualification. Uh, We feel it's opening doors, it's broadening horizons. And I think that the qualification is just one product, really, of the language learning process. For us, it's not really the end goal, actually. It's just the starting point. Um, And I think that learning a language, you know, be that in a classroom, in a timetabled lesson or even in an extracurricular club, um, it kind of sets you off on a journey, really, of what I would say would be lifelong learning. I think the essential thing to emphasise, really, is that learning a language then is, is a life skill. And, you know, as a language learner, you don't really regret learning any language. For example, I'm, I'm still learning languages. So I've gone, you know, far beyond the idea of just a, a qualification to attain at the end.
1: Brilliant. That's a nice, I, I like the idea of thinking of it as a, as a journey. Where, where are some of the places mm. that journey could end up, I guess? And what do you sort of, what do you tell your students in terms of their their opportunities with languages?
2: um yeah it's more than that it's about kind of pointing out how how much languages really connect us really and how understanding languages is really key to understanding the world around us Um, it really is like all we always emphasize that it's not a subject it's very much a skill um but not just that um also just expressing yourself through different languages Um, is actually a key to communication, to improving generally uh, your communication skills. So I think you're getting so much more out of it than just um, any kind of end point or a qualification. Um, And also with our new curriculum now in Wales, um, you know, we can actually impart to students that, you know, the literature of different countries as well can really do a huge amount to fire in their imagination and also inspiring creativity, I think, in learners as well
1: course yeah that's um yeah the the new curriculum does um does that sort of highlight the importance to you for to expose students to different cultures and ideas i know that's that's part of one of the the sort of pillars of the curriculum isn't it
2: yeah absolutely i mean we're really excited to be you know embarking on a new uh, curriculum in wales starting with year seven in in september And what's interesting about the four purposes of the new curriculum for Wales is that it's all about, you know, ambitious, capable learners, ethical, informed citizens, enterprising, creative contributors, and also healthy and confident individuals. So they are the four purposes that actually apply to all subjects and skills across the curriculum. So we feel that, you know, in languages, this is particularly ticking all the boxes for us. It's something that we, have already been doing but it's lovely that it's actually enshrined in the four purposes of the whole curriculum so it's very holistic so that's you know what's really exciting about it I think
1: of course yeah and um, it's something we hear a lot about in in England I'm, I'm not sure if it's the same in Wales but um this idea of cultural capital and it and it comes up a lot when um politicians especially talk about closing gaps and leveling up do you think languages can give students that sort of that, that cultural capital that perhaps some of them are lacking?
2: Absolutely, yeah, I think it absolutely does. Um, I think it's to do, you know, with the ethos of the school. It's all about the individuals as well within the school in promoting an international ethos and an openness to learning, I think, about all different languages. And that could really be the key, I think, to instil in the sense of purpose. Um, driving up the excitement and a love of language learning I think and that could really start with culture. Um, As I mentioned this is often individually driven I think you know as far as I'm concerned from from end it comes from a passionate team of languages teachers because it's about driving I think the relevance the importance of embracing different cultures and languages Um, not just on the timetable I think you have to look at things holistically here and I think the key here um, to you know successfully unlocking cultural capital has been you know extending the variety of culture clubs language clubs you know bringing the um, languages assistant into the um, the process and that it, it all it all sort of contributes towards planting the seeds I think of curiosity in learners really just basically showing them and opening the world to them
1: yeah, um, you, you mentioned your um, your language assistant there. I, um, you've got quite an interesting one, haven't you?
2: Yes, we do. Yeah, yes, yeah, so we've got um Gugu Lu, who has come from uh, China, and she's just playing such a huge and significant role really within faculty. Um, it means that we've been able to do some really interesting uh, extra things in our clubs. Um, we've brought in some Qigong. Chinese exercise, we've brought in calligraphy, um, also the Chinese language clubs uh, that are run and also a lovely tea ceremony that she puts on as well uh, once a month. So that has been so well received and you know the attendees have ranged from 11 to 18, it's brought in all sorts of learners, many learners that have maybe given up their language earlier down the school, but they've kind of been quite fascinated um, especially um, when it's coming from, you know, a Chinese national who can do it in a in a really authentic way that has really gone down really well.
1: That's brilliant, yeah. Um, so, with the languages in your school, I know, I know some um, some settings were forced to um, drop or deprioritise languages during um, remote learning and and during the sort of catch up period. Um, um, do you worry that this will impact the number of students choosing to sub- study the subject? Have you seen any sort of negative impact from that? And what you, what can you do to sort of turn that around?
2: I mean, obviously, it's really alarming and concerning, you know, looking at that report there in terms of um, there already being a national decline in the uptake of languages for GCSE. But to, you know, to think that it might further drop, um, I think, is, is something that we we need to, to work on in schools um, it's not just the uh the pandemic or the um the lockdown really that has had a negative impact here. I think that in the past learners have dropped languages as they maybe perceive them to be too challenging, and maybe comparing their level to other subjects, not really considering that language learning is a skill that is to be honed. Um I would say that during the um the lockdown period, it actually provided an opportunity for us within the languages faculty here to just experiment with new ways of learning. And certainly we took that on wholesale and we were very, very successful right from the beginning of the lockdown because we were so well prepared here Technologically, to be able to go online, and um, actually a number of the things um, that were very successful online, some of the blurred, blended learning strategies uh, that we uh, developed over Microsoft Teams. Um, you know, we've retained those now that we're back face to face, and it's just actually given us more opportunities to interact with students and to run, you know, extra curricular sessions. Um, through Microsoft Teams when when after school, for example. So um, certainly we're hoping that it would actually be the reverse. And we feel that they've actually developed in a way, strangely, they've developed more enthusiasm as a result. So it's always been quite a battle, I think, as I say, nationally. Um, But I think trying out new techniques Um, it's been surprisingly successful I mean I think before we went online during lockdown I was quite skeptical about how it would work but actually it turned out to be a lot more successful than we all imagined uh, within the faculty so as it involves so many skills language learning it just gave you so many more opportunities to kind of interact um, albeit kind of virtually um, but it still kind of worked really well for us here so um, personally as far well as far as our school is concerned I'm I, you know I'm not I'm anticipating that there there wouldn't be a drop-off so I think it's not going to affect us negatively.
1: Brilliant okay Um. what other sort of you've mentioned your your language assistant obviously gives a whole new sort of um, dynamic to these subjects what else are you doing to really grab students' attentions and perhaps do something sort of a, a little bit outside of the, the, the grammar and the um, the sort of nuts and bolts of the language?
2: Mm, I think, I think uh, what we have here, what we've done really successfully is basically to have, to have some, you know, extra accessories, some extra tools in our toolkit, if you like, so that it goes, you know, a bit beyond the classroom, uh, but certainly kind of firing their imaginations and showing them uh, a lot more, our culture, exposing them much more to uh, traditions, festivities, um, differences, similarities, you know, between um, languages. We do a lot of work on triple literacy, for example, in Welsh schools, so we always compare, contrast, Welsh language with English and then with the target language as well and we've kind of got these little offshoots if you like so our culture clubs and our special interest clubs sometimes they as well they branch out from uh, the timetable lesson as well and it's interesting that you know these clubs they they tend to attract you know a a wider range um, of students or maybe some students that you wouldn't expect to 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 attend because then they perceive it quite differently um, and pursue it usually for self-interest or self-fulfillment um, without the spectre of an examination. So it's quite interesting that we've had this kind of spillover. So it's going, I would say, much further than just what happens, you know, in a timetabled lesson. I mentioned about the qigong and about the tea ceremonies. You know, but we've got much more here as well. We've got Arabic language and culture. We've got pupil-led Spanish and German clubs. We also have classics so Greek, Latin. And it's quite nice that we've got some of our some of these clubs are peer led as well. so they are you know led by Spanish speakers or Arabic speakers in the school. So yeah.
1: Well, that's uh, yeah. That sounds like a real sort of breadth of offer. That's brilliant. Um,
2: yeah, the offer is really broad.
1: Um, so, for schools out there who perhaps may have seen a drop off, may be struggling to get sc- students to sort of um, grab these languages, have you got yeah. any sort of parting words of wisdom or advice?
2: If I was going to give some advice to other departments, it would be about marketing strategies that they might be using to promote languages. I think that definitely needs um, to be reviewed because usually we go from the point of utility. So, you know, why would you continue to study a language when you might not actually be using it or applying it to a future job or career? So I think we need to, to work on that. But it's not just about utility or perceived usefulness or directly applying it to a future career choice. You know, learning a language, I think it unlocks so many skills. It's much more than just doing it for a particular kind of reason or an end goal. Um, I think an international ethos and an openness to learning about all different languages is really the key to kind of instilling a sense of purpose, generating some excitement, and just a love for learning language. And I think that that can start with culture, because often I say to mine, well, don't just look at the utility, obviously languages are really important, but why not do it for the love of it, you know, for the literary, literary, you know, angle of it, or for the culture that it's unlocked or opened your eyes to. So that would be, that would be really my advice, I think. I would just really recommend that you internationalise your curriculum and there are really excellent streams of funding for lots of exciting projects. For example, at Krakow, we've got generous grant funding to run Chinese, Arabic and classical studies as well. You can also kind of reach out, link up with schools abroad, even virtually, you can do that really well. I did that over the pandemic, so it doesn't have to be you visiting somebody physically. um, It's so much easier now to do that online. Just try and sign up for new initiatives. Try the British Council. uh, Work towards the steps of the International Award. It's much easier than you actually think. Now, Welsh Government here has just launched uh, a new scheme called TAFE, which will actually replace Erasmus. And this will really open up for us, teacher and learner mobility now as we come out of the pandemic. I think it's a whole school commitment. I think it's about going beyond the curriculum offer, it's branching out make your presence felt i think in the school that's what you need to do um, so that people start to notice you i mean twitter has really helped me to market our department and that's worked really really well um, and link to other departments nationally internationally share your good practice bounce your ideas around but it's all about exciting your team really and getting everyone involved not just the mfl department um, get everyone involved get the kids being language ambassadors give them a little hook you know to come in and do some promotion for you because they do that wonderfully well here you know give them a dairy milk and they will come in and they will do a notice board for you you know okay. so yeah that would be my parting shot
1: your, your parting shot being uh, chocolate bribery never fails i chocolate like that
2: never fails.
1: a good one to finish on thanks kerry
2: <laughs> you're welcome